The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Good morning. You're listening to The Nonprofit Voice with Ron Gold. 2024 is my 50th year in radio, and this year I will be highlighting the people and nonprofits who've been featured on my shows in the past 10 years on 103.9 FM, Long Island News Radio, who've made a difference in the lives of people with disabilities. The Nonprofit Voice is a division of Marketing Works and Event Works. Today's featured agency is... Suffolk County Executive Ed Romaine, welcome, welcome, welcome to Nonprofit Voice, sir. How's hey, everything? How you doing? How's it going, buddy? We have your new co-host, Mike LaPetri, former New York State Assemblyman, and I'm also the host of the Mike LaPetri Show, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Mike LaPetri. You hear me speak with industry leaders, public figures, and experts like our Suffolk County Executive Ed Romaine to highlight what is going on in Suffolk County. Ed, how you doing, buddy? How's there, our County Executive of Suffolk County taking the taking the reins going forward now? We're taking a race, but I'm up to my neck in alligators. <laughs> uh, let's just say, <laughs> let's just say that the last administration left some things for me to work on. Some things, or a lot of things, we're talking about here, baby. A lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. I think you have been in. With it. Yeah, let, let's hear all about it. I want to hear how's it been going. Well, things are going. Uh, things are go- they're busy because number one, uh, the county was hacked. 17, 18 months ago, and my predecessor ran the county on emergency orders, but never solved the problem. So we're looking to do that. We build our IT, our information technology department, get a CIO, a chief information officer in there, get some leadership in there, make sure that our data centers are protected, either moving into a cloud or some secure repository, making sure we do periodic tests to shut any back doors that we have, and most importantly, make sure we secure cybersecurity insurance. All of which I had done in the town of Brookhaven, I could not believe the county hadn't done any of these things. And you think that in the 21st century, that cybersecurity, specifically of all the data, all that sense of information that Suffolk County has the duty to maintain, to protect all that was with weak points, weak centers that weren't protected to the utmost abilities. And now for yourself, you're coming in saying, how are we in 2024? We don't have that yet. And it's amazing how you still, now you're looking at the data centers to protect, you're looking at periodic tests, you're looking for a CTO. I mean, those are important positions that should have already, before you even were coming in, that should have all been handled. But now you have to take the reins and try to step up here. That must be so tough along with everything else with the budget and then not only that with preserving protecting community safety in Suffolk County how's that been looking well that's been looking as something absolutely has been neglected we don't have enough superior officers uh, a year ago we had about 469 superior officers those are the guys that direct and uh, supervise our police they are down to 429 wow so, I, I just had a meeting and we said, we have a class that is being trained, but there's no automatic move up. And I said, guess what? Now there's an automatic move up. That class will move up into superior officer positions so that we have enough superior officers. 
I'm going to have to replace, you know, police officers because we have vacancies there. And I'm going to have to replace detectives because we have huge vacancies there. And the head of our detective division just retired. So we've got some challenges there. We're going to address it. Some of it is, you know, a function of money. But all of it is a function of public safety. It's the first and most important obligation of any government. And I think we saw that with uh, years before, a couple of years ago, with the election of a new district attorney in Suffolk County, Ray Tierney. But now, and then now from you, you built off of that as your platform was public safety, was really re- turning around the county to promote the safety of its residents and constituents and making sure to look at specifically how we can focus more on looking out for those that defend us. Have you been seeing, how has it been working now? with the state on these topics. I know there's a dichotomy there that's kind of tough. How how has your relationships been now stepping in the county executive role working with the state? Well, Mike, as you know, I welcomed the governor to Suffolk County because I, I, I saw my data boy not be so welcoming and I wonder what happened to his casino. That's another story for another day. Mm-hmm. What I... I why we need, Mike, someone like you back in the assembly fighting for us. Because I've got to tell you, cashless bail, good, you know, clean slate, some of the things that they're doing, I am so not in favor of it weakens our criminal justice system. I stand, stand with Ray Tierney. Ray was explaining to me the weight of a mosquito, which is about two milligrams of fentanyl, could kill a person. And yet, you have to wait till you have eight ounces, which he told me was enough to kill more than 100,000 before you could hold someone for selling fentanyl. Hold them up to hell. I was like, you got to be kidding. So Ray has suggested four changes, all of which I agree with. We need to protect our citizens more and stop worrying about criminals that commit crimes. We need to protect the average citizen. When you were when you were running for county executive in your time as supervisor of Brookhaven, did you get a lot of constituent complaints or concerns about safety? Were they worried about that invading the county in any way, those policies or mindset? Well, the migrants were a huge issue because not, wow. we, we had seen continued efforts by the city of New York, which is being swapped. I understand they're in a desperate situation. I hope we can put out some of those migrants in Nashua, Suffolk, Westchester, and other suburban counties. We are not a sanctuary city. We don't have the resources. It's killing the city. And as you know, the mayor mm-hmm. suggested cutbacks mm-hmm. to the police and a whole host of other things, which now he's backed away from because the government gave him two and a half billion dollars. Guess where that came out of? Ask your school districts. Yep. How their foundation aid works. Yeah, and that's the whole thing is people people need to realize is that that money that's being spent on the state that's all state income taxes that's collected from the residents of Suffolk County. That's your money. That's my money. That's our money. And people need to realize that how it's being spent is affecting the way Suffolk County then can operate. And specifically, as a county executive, I know you you work with the state to try to get funding for various infrastructure projects and the like, and this could obviously stand in the way. Have you seen that? Have you been speaking with the governor? Have you spoken about 
issues that are very important to you on the infrastructure side where you'll need some state support, state funding, and has this said all the migrant issues, specifically in the funding allocated towards the migrants instead of Suffolk County, has that at all affected your, your conversations? Absolutely. Um, I talked to the governor, first and foremost, governor, you want housing? We have housing projects. We're willing to do it. We just don't have the sewers. We can't build housing. Where's that environmental bond issue money for Long Island? We have been shortchanged. The Long Island Regional Planning Council did a report how we send hundreds of billions of dollars to Washington or Albany and we do not get the money back. So that's a concern. The other thing we talk about is how about the infrastructure money? We have three rail lines, electric, uh, electric trains. Why? Why are we being shortchanged? Let's electrify the Ronkoskoma line up to Brookhaven Lab in East Jaffney. Let's electrify the Huntington or Jeff line out to Port Jeff. Let's do that. That would be an economic shot of the arm to say every investment of any area we could be a true economic engine for the state. Every other part of the state has lost population, except Long Island. We haven't gained, but we haven't lost. You know what? Take a look at us, because we can be an economic engine for this state. And I think many of those residents who are increasing or maintaining the population in Long Island, it's mainly because you're having surrounding New Long Island from New York City, from Westchester, they are those residents are flocking into Nassau and Suffolk County because I think they're craving that common sense policies that you espouse. The electrification, can you speak more on that? I find that very interesting and unique. How come specifically, how does that affect the residents of Suffolk County by having electric electrification of, of the rail lines? Well, you have one line that you get on, you don't have to change chain for grades. You get into the city fast. It's a reverse commute that we have third rail, third track. So this is a boom. We need electrification. Diesel is a 19th century technology. It's a dirty, polluting technology. Mm. What we're asking for is a 20th century technology, electrification. We're not even asking for the 21st century, which would be backlit. Using magnets to move things at high speed like other nations. You, look, you go to Japan, you go to Germany, you have high-speed trains. We have a high trains. Are you kidding me? What happened? Well, what did we stop investing in our country, in our infrastructure? Uh, I think more people would take rail if it's more dependable or reliable, and we should be tying all bus lines into rail. And I also want to talk about the work we do with not-for-profits, which is our partner so many things in providing services to those who really need yeah, what specifically? Because this the rail line is 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 incredible of how that's next next gen technology. But the same token, exactly what you're saying is these nonprofits, they have been doing so much for Long Island, for Suffolk County, really helping on the efforts. Because I think too many people they think that government should solve everything, and that's just not the case. That's not how it should be. You have these great nonprofit organizations that truly have the right understanding, the niche understanding of issues, being able to execute properly and effectively and utilizing the funds, the people's money 
in the right ways as should always occur. Can you talk about some of the nonprofits that you're working with that you see are really helping the county and its residents? I'll give you one one nonprofit I worked with this past week was that I definitely going to work with this county executive. Habitat for Humanity. Tremendous because they go in and they give low to moderate income families the opportunity to have a house. That's their home ownership, not rental, home ownership. Mm-hmm. They go into communities, many of whom are low to moderate income, and they fix up these houses and they help restore these communities and stabilize these communities. A lot of times, many of the low to moderate income communities are not stable because the majority of people in that communities are rent. When you start putting in more home ownership, you create more stability and more involvement in the community by homeowners. I am proposing that we take all low to moderate income areas, which the county owns property, instead of auctioning them off, making a few bucks. Instead, let's stabilize their neighborhoods and give them to number like Habitat for Humanity or Power Housing Services, CDC Community Development Corporation. And allow them to provide have real housing opportunity to low to moderate income families, and at the same time build up, improve, and renovate these communities and help stabilize. I, I love it. So, you, so yeah, so that county land would then be utilized, still owned by the county, but then utilized by these nonprofits to build these housings for low to moderate income. Uh, families, is that right? That's exactly what you're saying is the rollout. Well, what, what we would do is we would transfer that land to the township or the village. The counties, counties do not possess housing powers in the state of New York. Towns and villages do. What we transfer with the understanding that it's going to and some housing group that will provide housing for water moderate be it rental or in the town that they actually belong to them. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, I want to create, you know, we need more affordable housing. People who, who are just starting out need a place to put over their head. We need them as our workers, but they will become our environment, they become part of our community. These people we need. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, and I think what you talked about, you really highlighted the ownership factor. Ownership is the key because I think too much you're hearing specifically from the state is the renter, renter, renter. And renters, exactly that. They they flee, for, they might be there for a year, two years, but they're portable, the portability factor. So there's really no investment in the surrounding areas, no surrounding, there's no investment in your schools, your parks, your neighborhoods, what's going on in the streets. You don't care because you're just renting, you're there temporarily. But the homeowner is one who creates that nest for that permanency. And have you seen that where that permanent homeowner creates a better burgeoning community than the renting areas? Absolutely. But the work of in North Belfort, I'll be specific about it, they have done great work there. Uh, they probably have 50 to 20 houses. Each house look great because they're brand new. They've, they've upgraded the neighborhood. You see the next door neighbor that's beginning to see their house. You see other people attracted to the community. It creates stability. It, it creates reinvestment versus disinvestment. So, right. yes, homeowners is key to turning some of these neighborhoods around. Have you have you at all spoken with uh, the governor about this model? Because I know housing was critical for her, and last year 
she tried to impose a housing program that had an override of local control and wanted to have Albany control. Have you spoken to her at all about this, your ideas with increasing and improving housing while still maintaining the community's uh, environment? Peter Flory, who you may know. Yes, sir. He was president. He's president of Long Island Builders in the past. He's been a state president of the state builders. Okay. He built 75 units in North Belfort next to Boys and Girls Club. 100% affordable. He had to put a chromoclast system in. Now, one block south on highway, right across to the Belfort train station, he wants to build 100 units of 100% affordable housing with a supermarket and the fact something that community desperately needs. I explained this to the governor. I said, Governor, what I need is soon. We've done a plan. We've done all the work. We've done the engineering. We just need the money to tie it to an existing plan not that far away. She uh, said, okay, okay. And that was it. We haven't seen. So we have multiple examples. You want a house? We'll give you a house. Okay, we have lots of housing projects, but they lack sewage treatment. And the health department not approve the government, and I don't think she she understands that that we need sewage. If we need sewage, we'll tie it into a hundred percent affordable housing, so, and it will help that neighborhood out. So passionate about this, and I've explained this to all of staff, and it just doesn't seem to register. Uh, you know, and I'm saying that it's just going to be today. I'm hoping that someone's paying attention because we have the opportunity to try to get around. We have an opportunity to get more affordable house right next to a train station, right on a main road, change the neighborhood, so it's it's amazing how I, I I don't think you really hear that in politics nowadays. As someone who comes with an entire plan says, here how we can get it done from A to Z, soup to nuts. All we need is that funding for you to make sure this is properly done in the right way, and yet you get ghosted on this. this is, that's quite a <laughs> that's quite a phenomenon. you got to love government in those contexts. Uh, I'm surprised you uh, haven't ripped all your hair out uh, from, from that. It must be very frustrating as you step in the role. We, we, uh, we have a couple more minutes. I really wanted to highlight uh, one more... Uh, nonprofit that you've been working with, specifically on the on the substance abuse treatment. I know that's been critical. You spoke about it earlier with the district attorney's office on fentanyl and all. Have you worked with uh, different nonprofits on that end? Yes, and, and we're also looking to work with nonprofits in the field of mental health. Mental health is becoming a huge issue for a lot of our constituents, mm-hmm. like the and we're looking for people like counseling. We understand that government has to help, that many of the people don't have the financial resources to seek help, and we don't want them to be left out there. We want everyone to live the best possible life they can. And some people, but who hasn't had a dark period in their life or troubled thought? We want to make sure that they have the help available. So we want to work with a whole host of not-for-profits to deal of mental health. We want to work with Long Island Cares and other food banks to make sure that no longer goes hungry. There's so many not-for-profits. It's so much good. 
we want to help them accomplish their mission because their mission is our mission. We want people in Suffolk County to have their best lives. And we know that there are people that need help. That's what a passionate society does. Well, I think that's it. The, the fact that the, the, the leader of Suffolk County is thinking about mental health, is thinking about housing, is thinking about working with nonprofits, is thinking about bringing in these coalitions is key and integral to really redefining the future of Suffolk County, to draw in a greater population, to draw in those that are truly uh, focused on making an impact and making a difference, not just about ego or power or anything, but you truly have stepped into this role to impact the people's lives of Suffolk County. And I must say, I'm looking forward to seeing how these next uh, four years develop for yourself. So I know we have a few seconds left, but I just wanted to say, Mr. County Executive Ed Romaine for Suffolk County, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Do me a favor, reach out to the not-for-profits. I told them they have a monthly meeting. They will go to it. You got it. Thank you, sir. Suffolk County Executive Ed Romaine, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for coming on the Nonprofit Voice with your host, Mike LaPetri.